This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, February 24, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. The Tea Party movement surprised even Republicans with its focus on large cuts in the federal budget and reductions in federal debt. But in 2012, what does the electoral picture look like for a movement still at risk of becoming just another Republican voting bloc? Jenny Beth Martin is a co-author of the new book, Tea Party Patriots, The Second American Revolution. We spoke before a forum for the book held last week. The most important thing for citizens and people of the Tea Party movement to realize is that we have to continue to watch everything that the elected officials do. As soon as we turn our back to them, even for a minute, they they do everything they can to, to continue business as usual, to continue with the out-of-control spending, and it's our job to keep watching them. And we cannot take for granted that just because they promise to do something that they're even going to come close to doing it. We still haven't seen one real dollar cut in real government spending cuts yet. And until we do, and far more than that, we're not going to be satisfied. As we talk, uh, Congress and uh, the president have put together a deal on uh, a payroll tax rate that uh, is going to stay the same as, as it has been. And Republicans, the, the sticking point was how do we pay for it? And Republicans dropped their demand at the last minute that uh, this payroll tax rate essentially be paid for with cuts to federal spending. Oh, they've dropped their demands at every single turn. And I've heard some people call the, the Republican the Speaker Boehner and the others in the top realms of the House, the Republican leadership, I think it's a complete total oxymoron. They're showing absolutely no leadership whatsoever. And they won't make the real cuts. The GAO has produced a report of of $100 billion in cuts to duplicative services. They could do that, and it's not even going to affect the services that people get. It's just getting rid of the redundancy and waste in government. That would pay for the continued tax rate. And they won't even do that. And I really appreciate the fact, Caleb, that you said tax rate, not the payroll tax holiday. Once you implement a change to the tax rate, you can't go back and, and get rid of it. Once it's there and it's been there for months, people begin to begin to expect that to be what they're going to see in their paycheck. And now we've got this rate and they've got to figure out how to deal with it. Right. And, and when you say uh, tax cut or tax holiday, you, you don't make tax cuts permanent, you keep a tax rate at its current level. Exactly. And that's what, what they're doing. And the whole entire tax, tax system needs to be completely overhauled, but we're not going to see that in this Congress. They, they're not addressing the real problems at all. And the really frustrating thing about this is now we've got the payroll tax rate that will be extended through the end of the year. And then in the end of the year, it's going to, it's going to go away again. The Bush-Obama tax rates, again, they, they end, expire on December 31st. And Congress does this repeatedly. They pass things and they get it through the election. And then they come back and have to deal with a problem before the new Congress goes into session during their lame duck session where nobody's held accountable. Connor Friedersdorf is a writer at The Atlantic, and he uh, wrote, a, wrote a piece, I think it was just a couple days ago. Uh, the headline was, Attention Tea Partiers, Rick Santorum Rejects Your Message. Uh, your co-author suggested that pretty much the entire crop of Republican candidates has at one time or another 
rejected the Tea Party message. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I think that, that well, Ron Paul has stuck with us repeatedly on spending, and I have to make sure that I, I give him that credit. The the other three have not. They've repeatedly drifted away from it. They, it's it's just it blows my mind. We had a teletown hall with the candidates prior to the Florida primary, and we asked them each the tough questions about their record, and they their answer it was amazing to me because we're saying how do you justify that that you you've said you're a big government conservative? Oh well, just look at my record. They answer their questions about their record by saying, go look at my record. The records are so muddied. It's our job to nail them down on specifically what we want and what we expect them to do. And then we have to hold them down, hold them to it. And I think this extended primary process, one of the best things out of it is they're getting more and more specific about what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. When you listen to Newt Gingrich, he says, I'm going to do it all before the inaugural balls even happen. That's what we're looking for is exactly what you're going to do and when you're going to get it done. And then we're going to hold you to it. John Samples uh, here at the Cato Institute is author of a book called The Struggle to Limit Government, sort of chronicling the 80s and 90s fights. Uh, uh, with the Reagan administration and Congress and the uh, Republican Revolution in 94. He says one of the dangers that the Tea Party movement faces is that, well, quite frankly, some Tea Partiers are going to end up liking big government. That is to say, Medicare uh, and and other uh, entitlement benefits that uh, they, will, well, they will come to vote on. I, I think that right now what we're facing that is different today than what we faced in the 80s and 90s. We're still seeing the expansion of government and continued big government spending. What we are facing now is that our country is headed towards Greece. And if you listen to people on Capitol Hill, we're anywhere from 24 months to 10 years away from being where Greece is. When countries become this highly leveraged, this highly in debt, and we are at the point where we're at the tipping point, the chances of our economy collapsing become so great. People, the the Tea Party people who say, oh, yes, cut, but don't touch my programs. If we don't start looking at everything and put everything on the table and address the fact that the government is spending 40% out of every dollar is borrowed, if we don't address that immediately, we're, we're going to be forced to address it because our economy will collapse. When Rand Paul uh, became U.S. Senator, one of the first speeches he gave was sort of a discussion about compromise and the areas in which he, certainly a product of the Tea Party movement, there's no question, uh, areas where he would be willing to compromise. And he suggested, well, look, here's my uh, olive branch to you, which is let's cut the defense budget. I'm perfectly willing to cut the defense budget. I know that you on the other side of the aisle want to cut the defense budget too. Tea Partiers are are mixed on that. Oh, I think that, that for the most part, they're okay cutting. They just want everything on the table. You can't cut defense and not go and look at everything else. There have to be cuts everywhere. And I think the other thing is that people are really frustrated because they see that it when that so often – 
and Senator Paul is an exception to this. So often when politicians say they want cuts, they only mean cuts in the spending increases. They don't mean real cuts. And we've got to look at real cuts across the board and everything is on the table. Is there a particular uh plan that you've seen? Obviously, Paul Ryan has his roadmap. Are there specific plans that you have seen that you feel are just the way to go? There are, there are multiple plans out there. You've got Paul Ryan's plan. You've got Strong America Now. You have the Republican Study Committee's budget. You've got Cut, Cap, and Balance, Saving the American Dream. There are all sorts of plans out there. Let's start cutting. I it was so sad is that I, I was... I want bold leadership in Washington, D.C., and right now an example of bold leadership would be actually cutting one single dollar. That is so sad that bold leadership is a dollar in cuts, but we need real cuts and we need them now. Rand Paul has one. A lot of people have plans. William Niskanen for uh, many years was the chairman of the Cato Institute, and uh, some of his empirical work uh, found that the popular Republican idea, starve the beast, uh, was a, a misnomer that starving the government of tax revenue, in fact, did not uh, slow government spending. Uh, but Republicans now, uh, even Tea Partiers, seem to be more focused on tax rates than they are on, on spending cuts. I don't see that. I, it may be what's happening in Washington, D.C., but outside and the rest of America, we're focused on the cuts. I, I, I was referring to office holders, but I yeah. understand your point. Okay, so they they look at the taxes because it's an easy thing to look at and it distracts from the real problem. The problem isn't how much money the government is bringing in, it's how they're spending the money they bring in. And they don't want to look – we're, the government is addicted to spending our tax money. And until they acknowledge they have that problem and look it in the eye and say, we're going to address it, we're going to continue to face the problems we face. And the American people are doing, in the Tea Party movement, we're doing everything we can to say, address the problems and address them now. What does the electoral landscape look like in 2012 as far as having uh, people who represent that view uh, getting elected? I think that we're, when it comes to the presidency, it, it doesn't look like we're going to get somebody who has been on Capitol Hill fighting for what we've been fighting for. And that happens. Our movement is only three years old. What we are going to see is that the people who run for office are addressing our core values. They're answering questions that we have about fiscal responsibility, constitutionally limited government, and free markets. And we've brought the discussion to those core values. And we have to continue to keep it there. It's an election not about whether we're going to defeat one person or another or elect one person or another. It's an, uh, This election is about ideas. Are we going to defeat the ideas of government dependency and, uh, and, and promote and support the ideas of, of free markets and capitalism and independence? And that's what we want. We want to promote that and get, go away from government dependency. And in the presidential race, that choice likely will not be a clear one. 
No, I think that we've ab- actually seen that it's not a clear it's not a clear choice at all. What we have seen is that that these swings in in the polling before the elections actually began, and now that the primaries have begun, the up and down, up and down. It shows people are very dissatisfied with the crop of current candidates, and that if we're going to be stuck with one of them, which at the moment it appears we are, then we're going to force them to address our problems before they get our support. And we're seeing it in state after state after state. There's no clear winner right now. Jenny Beth Martin is co-author of Tea Party Patriots, The Second American Revolution. We spoke before a forum for the book held at the Cato Institute last week. You can watch the full book forum at cato.org.